Hey, Camber, how's it going? Good, Puya. How are you? Oh, pretty good. It's been a while. We haven't uh, had a podcast in, I think, a little over a year or about a year. I don't, I don't recall when it was. I believe so. Yeah, I think uh, I feel COVID has changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it feels uh, long. Actually, I was thinking it's probably even less than a year, but um, you know, it feels much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot has happened. A, a lot, lot for sure. Happened. <laughs> and um, and a lot is going to happen, I I, I reckon, with uh, the remainder of COVID, with the U.S. political, uh, you know, uh, weather, uh, election yeah. and whatnot, and who knows what else is uh, 2020 preparing for us. Uh, yeah, I know, who, I know. It's it's uh, it's a pickle. Um, it's kind of like not knowing what's gonna happen, but just people still need to, yeah. you know, like economy still has to go up and. Mm-hmm. It's it's I think it at this point it kind of hinges on um, the vaccine, which well, we know a lot of companies are getting close to. Um, mm. Hopefully something will be done. And I think uh, the vaccine would bring in some sense of peace uh, and security for people uh, as right. it go about, you know, their day to day tasks. True. No, that's true. I think um, the I mean, until then, I, I don't. I think that sense of uncertainty, as you put it, uh, is going to be, um, you know, having a lot of influence on on how people think and feel and live. Uh, decisions made uh, politically by the officials, I think all of that are impacted by that sense of uncertainty. Uh, you are absolutely right. And with that, actually, that brings us to one of the fields that, obviously, like everything was impacted by by this phenomenon of COVID. But um, we're going to talk about today about education and how that's been impacted because that's your wheelhouse. You you work in that space. You read in that space, study, research, etc. So um, what I mean, obviously, a lot has changed. But um, if you were to if you were to give us an intro to how education has changed from your perspective, how would you describe it? Um, good question. Um, in terms of education, um, I mean, the instant need of uh, distance learning, online learning has skyrocketed, um, which has led to big changes in the industry. So you would have teachers, for example, in the public school uh, who uh, probably don't um, you know, they don't go towards online learning, but now they have no other option and they have Mm. to, uh, they have to get on it. (laughs) And uh, uh, so that's one thing. Just give me a second. Sure. So that's one thing for sure that has changed. Um, So you'd have these teachers who have to now uh, understand how the online platform works. Zoom, for instance, you know, the use we're using Zoom right now for this podcast, we know how much the need for Zoom instantly increased throughout the world, right? Yeah. And not just in education uh, industry, but also in other, uh, from you name small businesses, big businesses, um, uh, everyone has been using it. And that's, that's, I feel, quite... Uh, the nature of having something like COVID, uh, which mm-hmm. is an immediate, you know, uh, 
like danger in a sense. Uh, we know that the death toll has now increased more than a million. So uh, a lot has happened. Um, and people, you know, the second wave, as was announced by the Premier of Ontario, which has started officially. Um, so uh, again, a lot of insecurity uh, has led to online learning. That has mm. been the biggest shift, in my opinion. Um, and that's what mm. I've seen as well. Uh, if you look at um, any sort of uh, any sort of job postings, any sort of uh, uh, in the education field, any sort of hiring happening, there's some yeah. aspect of virtual learning attached to it now. No, that's true. Uh, and uh, I think a year ago, um, more than half the people who are using the platform, let's say Zoom, currently haven't even heard of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and it shows you how much reliance it had because a lot of people who could work from home, they were working in offices perhaps and in different industries. Now they they were basically encouraged and forced to work from home, and while they're having to interact with each other, holding meetings perhaps, and how do you do that with tools such as Microsoft Teams or uh, or Skype or Zoom? Yeah. Zoom is one of the platforms that is doing pretty great because of its quality and reliability, I suppose. Um, and I, I, I believe the education, uh, education field also has uh, came to embrace it, whether it's teachers uh, from like holding their school classrooms at the end of the year. So at the end of last school year, which was the beginning of COVID and lockdowns, I, I suppose, in around March and April, I think everything had to move um, into online platforms, at least in Canada, yeah. and I think in probably most of the world, uh, I suppose, and or halted at, at least, uh, depending on where you uh, happen to reside. Um, so, did you did you have a firsthand experience of how that affected uh, students and teachers alike? Um, definitely. So, uh, at the time, I was finishing my master's. Um, back in March, I mean, March, April timeframe. And mm -hmm. so I was working in a school at the time uh, as part of my program, uh, doing some teaching and also, you know, learning uh, in that environment. And this was right, I got really lucky actually, because um, right before the March break is when I finished working in the school and mm -hmm. right at the March break is when the premier made the announcement that the schools are not going to be opening again. Um, right. So I, it didn't impact me from that classroom experience point of view. I was able to have all of that done, but what happened is schools did not go back after March break. So that they had it in, in theory that a really extended March break now. Mm -hmm. And um, in this time, uh, the, the province was figuring out what to do, um, which means a lot of things were changing, right? So uh, the parents, for instance, they couldn't, depending on where you work, uh, employers were telling you to just work from home. Parents were uh, had to figure out how to do homeschooling. So there was no structure in place that, okay, these are the resources you can use. Parents had to figure out, okay, now I have to uh, uh, work with my uh, kid at home and I'm also I also need to do my own work so it's kind of like a pickle right mm -hmm. um, that was the biggest change that happened um, I'm sure the students reacted to it a, a lot differently uh, because now they're just home 
before there's something to look forward to, right? In terms of going to school, they have the social circle, they interact, uh, something to do outside of home, right? Um, right. And that changed drastically for, for everyone. Um, and that was the immediate change that happened at the time. Um, and that continued for a few weeks um, before they decided they're not going to open the schools and mm-hmm. online learning is the way to go. And at that point, teachers had to, where they had to figure out um, in the current systems, a lot of teachers would be using Google Classroom. Um, and there's another platform called Brightspace that is used, um, mm-hmm. especially in the GTA area. Um, and uh, they had to basically figure out, okay, now you have to put everything on the platform so students can learn. And then some teachers decided to do online office hours where students can come in Uh, ask Mm -hmm. questions obviously teachers would have started getting a lot of emails from the students now um before that wouldn't be the case as much Mm -hmm. um so responding to that uh, i i heard a lot of teachers uh in my own circle who were definitely bombarded with a lot going on and it, it led to a lot of uh you know stress in terms of time management okay like there's uh, the nine to five was blurry. It's not like you're working starting in the morning. It could be uh, you're applying to emails in the in the evening, um, and you have to make sure you're supporting the students. So uh, it was what it was, and that's how the school year continued. And now we have uh, that's pretty much what happened during this summer, um, while the province was figuring out what to do with uh, the entire situation. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, yes. That, and that was probably the, but uh, speaking of uncertainty, that was the time of absolute uncertainty yeah. because we didn't even know what we're dealing with Yeah. in terms of the virus, in terms of how to, and you were right, we we didn't have resources in place, right? Like right now, um, there is a degree of preparation, even if the classes are in person, depending again, depending on where you are, maybe the classes are still online, but like as of now, I believe if nothing has changed, because things changing very quickly in Ontario, people are going in person with some uh, consideration to schools. Yeah. But there is a degree of preparation that schools, students and teachers, everybody has in their mind that they might even go back to fully online again. Mm-hmm. Or, or right now, maybe par- partially is online. Like, for example, tutorings are happening online. Oh, yeah. Uh, most of it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at least as much as possible. So. Yeah, so 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 there are the, the uh, speaking of uncertainty, that was the absolute of it, I suppose, the, or the maximum of it as we experienced during these times. Now, we we talked a lot about perspective of teachers and parents and, uh, and a little bit students, but did you ha- did you hear any immediate feedbacks of how students were taking this um, this this whole thing? Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's students for them. Uh, you could imagine that um, just learning online, especially for somebody who um, was not engaging with technology or te- learning through technology in the past, it was a big, big shift, right? Um, mm. And those students absolutely hated uh, online learning because um, part of it was uh, – doing something that was given to them through the online platform with their parents and they absolutely hated working with the parents um, because they just want to get out of that kind of environment. Um, 
And that was definitely a struggle. Even at the time, I remember uh, Google Classroom, which is one of the big platforms. Uh, they even have a, a an app, right, on the on depending on iOS or Android. And mm-hmm. at the time, back in March, April, and this was through North America, as far as I know, um, a lot of students started giving really poor feedback to that app on the App Store. So the actual um, star rating went down for Google Classroom and students absolutely hated it. Um, and that was you know, quite evident of, okay, what the students are feeling or they're feeling um, that this is something that is not um, a substitute for their experience or the platform is just missing a lot, right? Um, mm. Like I'm checking right now on um, on App Store um, and uh, Google Classroom has over 160,000 ratings and the rating that I see right now is 1.6 out of five. Oh, wow. So that's, that's really well. yeah. And then this app is rated number one in education. Um, so um, definitely there's, I'm sure Google took a lot of that feedback and started to um, make changes because they're like, okay, students are, are really hitting. Uh, they don't like how it feels, all that. But not to be honest, uh, not much has changed with the platform. So they just made um, minor changes. And uh, students still feel the same uh, in terms of uh, online learning. Uh, currently, the students that are going to school um, Parents realize that it's important for the students, you know, the kids to go to school because even in the midst of COVID, as long as uh, there are safety protocols in place, right? And that's, you know, that's a good expectation to have. Um, you can't rely on um, that expectation to be followed through entirely, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something it's, it's you don't know what's going to happen, but you have good faith and you're going to send your kid to the school. And that's what's happening. Um, that's what happened when the schools opened again in September um, with safety protocols in place. But again, like I said before, um, looks like and it's a little, um, again, um, cre- creates a little bit of une- unease uh, because what's happening again is like we feel the structure is missing. So there's students in school you know, the safety protocols, they say, but what's happening is uh, if the student uh, feels a, a certain way, uh, the teacher would typically just tell them that, okay, I can't, I don't know what's going on, but you can't mm-hmm. be in the classroom. I see. Yeah. So what, what, what's happening now, speaking of today, what's happening now is, okay, we have a lot of influx of these students going to these COVID assessment centers and getting tested. Right. So the, the, there's a influx, the load has increased, which means uh, the testing uh, before it was like within one or two days has now moved to like five to six days. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that is even appended by the second wave. But if ever, um, and I had an experience recently, um, you check out a, um, you know, one of the COVID assessment centers. And in the line that I saw there, um, I would say more than 80% were parents with their kids. Oh, wow. 
and that's that just speaks to it and uh, i feel like that's you know it's here's what's happening so kids want to go to school but if they get turned away for something now the kid is going to have a totally different experience right they're not in school mm-hmm. they're going to go through this covid assessment center and you know that's a whole different world right it's like something you wouldn't expect that we mm-hmm. we kind of never went through that when we were their age and mm-hmm for them to go through that it's just i feel changes their whole entire perspective of their life and what's what what is to come when they become an adult right so that's i think one of the big changes that are happening for the students just understanding the world we're living in especially at their developmental age right where they don't really understand uh, developmentally what covid means how it affects everyone they're they're just kids they want to play they want to have fun right we all went through that and to 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 an extent it's kind of unfair uh to see okay you know what they're missing on some things but in the bigger picture uh, we're doing what we can to protect everyone around us right yeah no that's that's fair and um yes it is a bit unfair in in that they have to you know uh deal with this through no fault of their own and you know I, I, as you mentioned especially at a younger age where when they're um a little bit really not aware or even care about what covid is uh they just want to do what they want to do and and um, learn and grow and um move forward and that that's a fair point um now moving forward um do you do you see so how do you see education let's say a vaccine comes along let's say the best case scenario everything moves away do you see the education going back to uh what it was and if not what have we learned uh, what have you learned in this from from all of this and how can we make education even better than the quote unquote normal how can we make it um improve the font right um so uh in terms of the education a lot has changed we've seen that um in terms of uh you know the teaching platform the experiences what you're learning uh one thing that i feel has been a um uh you know big benefit of whatever is going on is uh, the fact that there the need for collaboration has increased which means you can collaborate easily on a global scale uh because everyone has a shared problem so everyone wants to help each other out uh so there are platforms um especially in the education field you know you use certain platforms for say you want to do an online quiz you want to you want to have students create uh posters so there are platforms like canva.com or pictochart uh that you know before uh covid they if you had to use certain features you had to pay for it but what they did was they understood the need for helping everyone and they waived that entire fee on their platform so as a teacher you could just go there now and is this again is it can, canva canvas.com or canva yeah or? canva pictochart yeah. uh, there's another right. website called knowledge hook um mm. specifically geared for math in ontario um mm. and a lot of these platforms you know had some sort of um um features that a lot of features you get access through after you pay the premium right mm-hmm. uh, but they waived that in the need of um helping each other out and uh, nearpod was another platform that did that and that was i felt a really good uh intention uh because you are adapting to the change you are being flexible uh 
and you are helping each other out. So these platforms were not really thinking from a monetary point of view, but really from a point of view where they want to help uh, the teachers out there. And that's what they did. And a lot of teachers uh, made use of that. And I know for myself, I made use of it because I know for, for a fact that these uh, premium features really give me a lot of flexibility of how I can uh, create my content, how I can assess, do assessments in the class. Um, and that was a big, big shift. And so going back to your question with education going forward, um, being flexible or adapting to the change, even if you're not a person who likes change, uh, that was something that was, you know, in a sense thrown at you and you have to now change. So, um, as a teacher, um, ensuring you know you are flexible with whatever platform you're given. Now, obviously, uh, uh, look, we don't, we can't have um, the experience you do in class on an online platform. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's something that would be different for sure. Uh, you can imagine from a, from a first day point of view where you build class community, where you build these relationships in the class through the online platform, that would be way, very different, okay? The student will still get to know you, uh, but that relatability might not be to that personal level as it would be in the class, right? If you show care for a student in the class, they can see it, right? Mm -hmm. If you show care for a student in online platform, that means creating a safe environment, you know, not having any bullying or any foul language. And you can, there's tools that you can really control um, in the platform itself uh, to enable that. But like I said, uh, you could have even face-to-face -face like what we are doing with our video chats and that would bring in some sort of uh, relatability. Uh, but still, it's, it's, yeah, as long as you don't see the person in actual life, you know, it's, it's a whole different experience. Um, and that's something that, you know, it's uh, going forward, that's something that would be, again, um, mixed together in like a hybrid model to some extent. A lot of schools that have the resources, um, they are doing in person. Okay, we have private schools, independent schools, they have the resources, they have the funding. Um, and they can, you know, create that six feet apart distance in the class uh, and also support students online at the same time for the students who don't want to come to the class. Uh, for, for other scenarios such as public school system, uh, that's a little different because what's happening now is more students, instead of coming to class, they want to just go online because the cases are rising again. Uh, so the need for online teachers has again increased. Um, and at the same time, we have teachers in class who are providing support. Uh, but again, like I said, uh, the structure, I feel, is still not there completely where the teachers are, you know, completely confident of being in the class and supporting the students in the class. Okay, so mm -hmm. they still have that kind of uncertainty. And I feel going forward, that uncertainty will go down, being in that environment. It's natural for you to feel, uh, uh, you know, have that sense of being uh, uncomfortable because we don't have um, measures in place to protect against this, uh, you know, novel coronavirus. And that will change going forward. Uh, there will be more comf comf comfort in the class. Eventually, um, there will be some sort of a hybrid model that will be 
um, put in place. Obviously, online platforms will have changed drastically. Teachers will now not, uh, they will have, if, if ever they have to teach online, they wouldn't have a, there would be, there would be less uh, resistance to that now. Yeah, so that's another benefit. Technology definitely has. We, um, it's 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 a perspective where a lot of, uh, for example, teachers who would always say, "Oh, technology has done this and this and this," you know, maybe having a negative um, point of view of what technology is doing, and now they see the benefits of mm-hmm. technology that you know really makes a huge huge difference right if there was no technology learning would have stopped altogether right and that's uh that's a big big benefit of living in this 21st century even in the midst of uh deadly virus but you know we have tools in place that still make sure that we are connected and we don't lose contact and learning is still going on yeah it didn't um it it helped to, you know, keep the momentum to a degree going. Obviously, it, it um, a lot of it got stopped and a lot of things got interrupted for sure. But with a little bit of extra preparation and extra time, yes, you're absolutely right. We got some of that momentum going um, online, even Definitely. through online alone and, mm-hmm. you know, through technology. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. And um, so uh, speaking of, uh, so... I mean, obviously, the, the negatives are abundant and fairly obvious to a, to a degree. There were some that were not thought of, perhaps, from somebody who doesn't have the perspective that you do. But nobody doubted that there is going to be a lot of negatives for the students, teachers, the whole education system, and the whole society from every angle uh, from this. But I, honestly, I really like silver linings. I like to uh, see in a, things in a positive light and see what, what positives actually came out of this. And um, it, Part of it is what you said. We learned a lot uh, how we can mitigate, use technology to mitigate the the situation, whether this, and let's face it, who knows when the next pandemic hits? It could be 100 years, 200 years. It could be the the next decade. It could be tomorrow. (laughs) Well, after this. So uh, point being, um, we are living in a relatively new normal, even post-vaccine, let's say. Uh, There's going to be always that, sense at least for this generation that has experienced it um uh, the sense that the immediacy of it of any kind of disaster and how that can affect um lives of people all around the world in education so is there any positive that we can take out of this and and uh you know and and improve upon it and make it better yeah definitely uh look so with uh we know technology has been a benefit we know that there are ways we can stay connected in terms of learning, in terms of reaching out, in terms of not losing contact. And that's a big, big um, uh, benefit of in any industry for, for that fact. And um, I feel going forward, one lesson that we have definitely learned is, you know, technology can really aid a lot of learning. In this case, it can actually even um, re- to some extent, it can replace in-class learning. And to a lot of extent, it can extend learning, right? So that replacement and extension is one thing. And again, everyone felt different with that. But the truth is, that is uh, what technology helped us with. Mm -hmm. And we all feel really happy about that because students are not like, they didn't feel that their um, learning just stopped altogether. 
And that's one of the big lessons with, uh, you know, this whole situation, how it has unfolded. Uh, we can still stay connected. Another big lesson I would say is our reactions or our adaptability to change. And that is something that, you know, everyone has a different change threshold. Everyone um, can, somebody can change uh, within a day. Somebody can change, it takes, you know, a year, two years to, uh, to make a big change. And with something like coronavirus and with this uh, whole situation, now you don't have that flexibility to wait one or two years. You have to do it today. Um, so it helped people push themselves. Uh, and, you know, it's for some, it would have been easy. For some, it would have been really challenging. But really walking through that and really understanding, okay, you know, this is for the betterment of um, the students because in the education field, you always put the students first. Uh, they're at the center of um, everything that you do and their needs come uh, first. Uh, and, and that's really what it comes down to, right? If you think about it from that lens, um, you know, I don't care about learning something new because I'm happy that and the students in my class are going to be uh, not left behind, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a, another big lesson with something like this, uh, students now see, okay, the world is not full of um, bells and whistles. It's uh, world is a nasty place too. Um, mm -hmm. And um, that is something that is, um, you, you learn about it in history, but now you're living it. Um, and that's something that the students are experiencing for sure. And, you know, there's a silver, big silver lining there because the students, the young generation, they have uh, the capability to work in this industry where they can form solutions. There's a big, big uh, research happening right now with the universal vaccine, right? And that's something that, you know, I'm, I don't know how, what timeline we're looking at where this universal vaccine will exist for anything that would ever happen. You can imagine now with, with that ideology, we have this younger generation who will, what, what's going to happen is they will become more and more ambitious on, on taking on these challenges and tackling these challenges because there's an immediate need. There's an actual need. It's not about making the world a better place. It's about protecting your world. It's, it's about protecting and caring for the future generation because the reality is um, the virus impacts has impacted people across a whole different age group. Right. It's, uh, initially it was uh, the, uh, the older group, but now we are, we are seeing trend where it's affecting everyone. And that's the bottom line. So everyone, uh, if you think of it from a humanity point of view, I feel like that's a big shift that will happen for the younger generation because they would see the need. OK, you know what? There is something out there and I can be part of the solution. Right. Mm -hmm. And not part of the problem. And that's, I feel it's a huge, huge uh, silver lining in this whole situation. And uh, I feel the students will really, uh, and this is what we see all the time in the, you know, we want to create citizens who are engaged, who are responsible, who are, uh, you know, um, they want to make changes in their community. They want to make changes wherever they live, right? Because change starts from your community and then moves upward. But now with the technology in place, you can really make a change through technology and you can help each other out. So many possibilities has opened up. And that whole message of helping each other out uh, and looking for each other, looking out for each other, that's a big silver lining from this entire situation.
Yeah, that's very, uh, very, very fair and very positive. I like the message. Um, and I, I also uh, want to, for, for the last final point, I want to put the parents in focus, I suppose, mm -hmm. because I think from a very early on, especially especially early on, and even now, you mentioned some of it that they, they're very engaged, very concerned, obviously, about their uh, children's uh, education, their health and their family's health, etc. But on top of that, again, especially early on, and a lot of them still now have to and had to, uh, you know, handle the kids well, where previously they would send them to school, they would mm -hmm. work, go to work themselves. Now they have to work. And at the same time, they have a kid at home and they're yep. working at home. Or even if they're going uh, outside to work, if you're there, for example, first responders or what have you, um, then you what do you do with your with your child at home right yep. so the, the, there has been a lot of challenges for parents um obviously the kids are not happy they're acting up at, at times they're, mm -hmm. they're they're upset about the situation you have to um, help them out so there's, there's there were, i think there were a lot of challenges coming uh, ways of parents uh, more than ever before obviously parenting is never easy and never nobody ever said that it's easy yeah. but i think it was a a a, a level up in these yeah. past uh, few months um mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm sure you had some experiences with the parents through their um, children that you're, you know, uh, educating online or other ways. Um, did you have any, do, do you have any um, uh, words of, uh, I don't want to call it advice, but uh, of consolation or anything that you want to talk to parents directly about or, uh, you know, um, give them a message or give their message to us, to the rest of us? Yeah. Um, uh, one thing from I've, I've uh, this is a recent experience where um, one of the parents, um, you know, their their child was sent back home because their the child was not feeling well, and um, and uh, uh, the child shows up at home and he says, "Mom, my stomach doesn't feel good." Right, and the mo mother's like, "What?" Well, why doesn't it feel good? He's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. And the mom said, okay, did you go, did you poop this morning? And he said, no, I did not. And she's like, uh, do you have to poop? And he said, yeah, I, I have to poop. And he goes to the washroom and he comes out and he's feeling fine and he starts playing outside. Um, so the concern is in the air. Okay. The concern is in the air. Now imagine from a kid's point of view, right? Kid, the kid is just being a kid. Um, yeah. at that, at their age, you know, they, they, they might have so many things going on, but we can't, we don't know for sure what we can pinpoint it on. Right. So there is that uncertainty from that point of view and that applies to teachers and, you know, teachers could be concerned because they have kids at home. So, uh, the teachers who are parents, uh, they are concerned. Um, there's no simple answer to this, right? I can't, I can't say that. No, if any, if somebody's feeling wonky just let them be in the classroom uh, because that i feel is you know we don't really know uh, um, what it can be uh, and that would come down from the school how the school is reacting to it if the school says okay you know if this happens it's okay we can discount it if not then these, these are the policies we will have in place okay and mm -hmm. you follow that and that's really what it comes down to. So you'll have a consensus. Everyone in the school agrees to what they're doing and they have the parents on board. That's important mm -hmm. because the parents are not on board or, you know, it's not about putting parents on board because uh, you could have disagreements, but having ensuring the parents are um, communicated properly so they know what's going to happen. 
and that will help parents um, really, you know, make arrangements if they have to, because you don't. The last thing you want is your kid showing up home and you have to go to work now. What are you going to do then, right? It's a lot of uncertainty. You can imagine the um, the pain on the parents' uh, on behalf. Like, uh, what do I do now? And their frustration, right? Their frustration with the school, because they're like, okay, the school's open. And now you're sending my kid home. Like, why would I send my kid to school when something comes up and you're going to send it back to me? Uh, so if that was the case, I would have just kept my child at home. And that's really the unpredictability that we are seeing right now. Parents have to understand that if you're sending your kid to school, uh, the intentions are, you know, the kid will get the opportunity to be in school in that environment. But there are... A bunch of things that comes with it and that's something that the whole uh, family must be okay with um, because what happens if tomorrow uh, they say the kid is having symptoms and now you have to isolate right the isolation 14 days that means lost money that could mean lost connection it's so many things and every situation is different right I can't I can generalize it uh, everyone have their own situation and as a parent, if that's what you're deciding to do, you must have those things in place. Okay, what is my backup plan? What is plan A? What is plan B? If in the case that my child was to come home, can one parent be at home, work uh, remotely? Uh, can we have those uh, some sort of a system in place or can I have extended family? Can I give my kid to someone else uh, who can take care or can I go... If I have a cottage, can we go to the cottage and isolate in the cottage? A lot of those, um, uh, those are the important things that have to be thought before you make the decision of sending your child to school because I have seen parents where they just get frustrated with the whole situation uh, because they had not um, expected their child to be sent home, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be prepared for that. And for parents who are first responders, parents who are in the line of work where they protect people, um, you know, it's, it comes down to what you decide as a parent. But uh, the bottom line is this. We know the virus is deadly. We know the virus, you know, it's still out there. It's not completely um, gone off the face of the planet. So you have to keep in mind that we are living in a new world, uh, which means that the kids still have to go to the school. They still have to do some sort of learning, but add to that the fact that we are living in a different world now. Okay, so that's something because uh, it could happen. Um, and I've seen even for myself where, you know, you can start to get more and more um, complacent in terms of, okay, you know what? I don't see much going on around me, so I think I'm okay. You know, mm -hmm. um, but that's looking at your local lens. But if you really look at the global, what's going on, um, again, that is not the case, right? And we have to always keep in mind that, okay, we are living in a new reality and this is what I want. These are my goals. I want my kid to get some learning. Can I, um, can I send my kid to school knowing that they can be asked to be tested? And that means going to a COVID center and, you know, that's another uh, four to five hours you have to wait in line. Am I ready to do that? Or am I rather, um, am I rather okay with not sending my child to school, having them stay at home and learn? And do I have something in place where someone else is at home 
with the child, right? So those are the those are the two situations that all the parents um, are really uh, dealing with right now, in addition to their own uh, full time whatever they do. So it's not easy. It's not. It's definitely made parenting, uh, I would say, a thousand times more challenging, um, and especially when you have both parents as working. Imagine both parents as first responders. It just changes the whole whole scenario. What to do now? Um, and that's really, I feel, the pickle. Uh, but really, having those goals sorted out would make it much, much easy, manageable, in a sense, uh, to tackle with, okay, if this can happen, okay, that's, that's okay because um, we have something in place to manage that. Because that would bring a sense of comfort, less frustration. And at the same time, you know, the learning will go on. And that's really should be the goal, right? The learning will go on and the learning should never stop yeah and uh let's hope to that and let's hope everything um improves not regress i suppose that's that's all we can do we can basically this is a situation that we have to deal with at the end of the day whether we like it or not and that's yeah. and nobody likes it and some have it worse than others of course yeah and some have it better and um but at the end of the day all of us have to do deal with something new that mostly we don't want to exactly it's not yeah. ideal but that's life, and then um, things happen. Uh, obviously, we want to be uh, proactive about these things and make sure they don't happen in the first place, but mm -hmm. we also want to be prepared for the possibility of them happening, and that's the lesson we should carry on, I think, uh, moving forward. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're not done with this, and we have to um, think about all aspects. And, and I think one of the things that uh, helps me a lot to uh, deal when I'm dealing with other people especially is that put myself in their shoes and understand their pain. Mm -hmm. And that helps me generate some empathy that otherwise I would not be able to, or I would judge them harshly Definitely. Uh, unnecessarily. So yeah, let's, uh, let's hope for the better. And thank you, Kenwer, for joining us for this uh, illuminate, il illuminating conversation. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's uh, great to right. have this really important discussion in, in the world we live in right now. Mm -hmm.